This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on wellness, created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to season three of the podcast. Hello, hello, friends. It is Janelle here today. Rachel and I are sitting down and it's just going to be the two of us. Isn't that how the song goes? Just the two of us, I think. (laughs) Anyway, and we're sitting down and talking about identity during our shelter in place, our time in COVID, in the middle of the COVID pandemic. Um, had a lot of time to reflect and start to look inward and ask ourselves the tough questions. And it sparked Rachel and I talking about our identity and what it looks like to be true to yourself and to be authentic day in and day out. And and what does it look like when your identity starts to change and evolve? And how do you know when you're actually being true to yourself? And how do you know when you are putting on a facade or wearing a mask to fit in or to appease other people. So without further ado, we'll jump on into this episode, but I hope you all get something from it and have the opportunity to know that if you're struggling with figuring out who you are and what your identity is, you are not alone. Enjoy. Go for it. I wish that I had this. Can you hear that? Oh, Mm-mm. okay, good. I I thought you could hear when this moved. Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, not really. <laughs> that doesn't make it any better. It doesn't matter. Okay, fuck it, whatever. I'm in a closet. <laughs> we, we love to have conversations in closets. I really wish you could see how small this closet is. I mean, I can, like, reach my arm forward. It's obviously not touching the wall, but it's very close. But it's all good. Originally, the apartment that we were looking at had a slightly different configuration. And so the closet was going to be bigger. And Dylan had this idea for getting soundproof blankets to, like, put up (laughs) and all this stuff. And then we got here and we were like, oh, shoot. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this place only has one closet, as you know. That's this. uh, That's this. Yeah, and so, but you can see uh, my mattress on the floor behind me. (laughs) Yeah, box is here. It's basically all that's left, and I'm sitting on the floor in a yoga mat. So we're both on the floor. Yeah, I always sit on the floor for these. Oh well, yeah. I normally sit at the coffee table on a poof, but. Or I sit next to a coffee table. I don't sit on the coffee table, but... Oh, jeez. So, how's life going, Rachel? Um, My new apartment, I love it. I really wish that I would have found this place when I first moved here. I think it would have made my time in Dallas a lot better, but it is what it is. So, we're here for the next foreseeable future, and... Yeah. I'm I'm good. I have a lot I have a lot going on. I'm like putting a lot of things in place to set myself up for the life that I really want and the COVID situation is kind of allowing it to happen faster than I expected, but it it's not like I have to sit back. Like I really have to 
insert myself and kind of create the thing that I want from nothing, which I have been doing, but it's just in a different capacity. And so um, the people that have been here are being really, really supportive and listening to what I, my voice and respecting my priorities. And it's been really cool. So I see myself really being able to live, build into and live what I had, what I've been like working towards in new ways coming out of all of this, which is really awesome. Um, Lululemon specifically is doing on-demand coaching internally. And so I talked to this, yeah, the store that I've been working with, I was like, Hey, I might not, I still want to support you guys, but I'm going to be taking on these other opportunities. What does that look like for you? And they were like, we will figure it out. Like you go for it. And I was just like, Oh, fuck yes. So again, it's not totally figured out. I like to have an idea of what to expect so that I, it gives me a sense of control and there's a lot up in the air right now. And so I'm just kind of taking it one day at a time, but uh, for all intents and purposes, I am, I feel very, very grateful. Like the things I want to do are opening up. Even the things that we're doing with the podcast, it's like opportunities are showing up to be able to take this where into new territories and arenas that I wanted to, but I didn't think there would be a place for it until like 2021. And um, here we are. So it's really cool. So rolling. Yeah. Oh, making things happen. Yeah. How about you? I know you got a lot. <laughs> yeah. I Let's see. I didn't put underwear on today. I'm not wearing a shirt underneath this. Uh-huh. I have to be out of my place tomorrow. Um, yeah. So I'm just trying to take it all one day at a time. Yeah. But I would be lying if I said I've been good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a roller coaster. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it, but yeah, um, you know, I went into this thing. I know you did too, choosing to really face some long-term effects of trauma. <laughs> and yep. at the beginning of all this, I was like, "What the fuck were you thinking?" And then having that weekly touch base with the accountability to be gentle with myself and to take my own, be patient and to use this time to practice with, again, somebody to really bounce things off of has been, um, hard, but a gift, a real gift. And, um, I don't know if maybe I was just totally ready for it now, unlike any other time or the timing was just right or both, but I feel like I'm really getting a lot out of that. Um, and yeah. not to go on a tangent, but I originally went to talk about the trauma and how really I wanted to understand, like, how do I live with the long-term impacts of trauma on my life? Like, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. And so I was expecting a lot more wrestling with the specific traumas that I went through, because that's usually what therapy has been for me is like going back through it and like and yes there has been some of that but it's been a lot more about you know I'm having a conversation about my relationships or I'm having a conversation about my sexual wellness and that I didn't necessarily see the dotted lines for how they connected but that's actually how the trauma is playing out not in having a conversation of like the trauma that I'm experiencing right now it's like 
how the effects of my belief system and my thoughts and my emotions and how I deal with things and try to control things impacts my life today. And so that has been really cool for me because I thought the conversations were going to be just about having to unpack and go back and, you know, reveal some deep, dark, terrible, terrible thing that I hadn't, you know, that I'd repressed or something. And to just have the space held of like, yeah, the shit you experienced was shitty, really shitty. And, you know, we can keep talking about that. Sounds like you have. And what's happening now? And then like connecting those dots of like, oh shit, that's why I need certainty in my life. Because when I had cancer, I there was zero fucking certainty there at all. And so me being able to, like, I can deal with certain, I don't care, even if it's like a certainty that isn't quote unquote good for me, I can be okay with that certainty because I know what I'm playing with. I know what the situation is. Now I can move forward. Um, so it's just been interesting. It's just been interesting. It's been cool and hard and cool. (laughs) Yeah. Mine's, I love how we're, you and I feel like we're always kind of doing the same thing, but we're doing it differently and we're doing it in our own way and it shows up differently. And mine's sort of the opposite. Like the work I'm doing is a lot with kind of what you were saying. It's memories and going back and reprocessing them because most of mine is like around like triggers essentially that have been showing up. And so it's how do you take something that is so emotionally intense and that puts you in a complete fight or flight stance and then you de-escalate it. So when you have that scenario, like you'll still have it, but hopefully it's a lower level. So I'm not just like, ah. Yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, even thinking about how you, you know, how you dealt with the traumas that you had versus how I did, mine was very open and exposed like I couldn't hide what was going on. Mm-hmm. And so I think that probably yeah. had implications to how I ended up dealing with it versus you. And not that we're all the same, but also knowing that <laughs> there's a universality to the human experience. Like I still have those fight or flights too. And I'm still learning, mm-hmm. you know, when am I experiencing emotion in a productive way and, and intensity in a productive way? And when is it, at the expense of me actually being able to live my life. And then what do I do to actually deregulate, de- de-escalate, to take care of myself? Um, because even with all the work that I've done, and I mean, there's still, I still absolutely go through the same things. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, but it does feel different this time. I like it for me. Yeah, I mean, this is my first time exploring this. So for me, the past two months, I feel like I've learned more about myself in the past two months than like in a long time, which is a lot to process. And that's sort of what sparked this conversation of you and I jumping um, on and doing our own episode around identity and what does it mean to understand yourself and I mean everything that we're already talking about connects back into it but figuring out we we're here to talk about authenticity and taking a stand for being authentic to ourselves but how does that tie into identity and what does that actually look like I 
feel like there's so many layers to who we are and there's the masks that we wear. There's our, you know, self deep down in the core. And then there's also someone sort of in between and all levels can be authentic. Um, but for me, I'm like trying to figure out, trying to peel back, like what is actually me and what is things that I've taken on that are not mine, like expectations, things in society, um, that I don't need anymore to like truly get at the core of my own identity. Which is like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, and again, I don't know if it's because it was, uh, I guess maybe I'm realizing it now when I was younger really quickly I had the cancer label slapped on me and so I learned at a really young age what it's like to be put in a box um and honestly I learned how like how you control how you show up how people perceive you and I learned how to curate my story really fucking well and not always at the benefit of me a lot of times it was at the benefit of making other people feel comfortable in my perception, making other people feel comfortable. Maybe it's to some capacity making me feel comfortable too, but um, yeah, I mean, when you came to me saying you wanted to play with this, I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much here. And there was a request that you had of me to put a slideshow of together for instagram it's um, so me too <laughs> it's like nothing more need to put a slideshow let's do a production yeah i'm really curious about identity right now and all the layers that are there and like let's do a slideshow of like the outer layer and then what represents the inner layer and then what who am i at my core and i like shut down because i was like i can't but i can't even like fathom categorizing myself into three parts i'm just so much at once depending mm -hmm. by the second that and then it, it was overwhelming for me to try and like put something around that um and then I actually got quite emotional because it was like anything that I put a stake in the ground felt like I was devaluing the other aspects of myself that are very you know just as beautiful mm -hmm. um so I appreciated that because I hadn't really realized that identity had such a visceral, you know, response in me. Uh, and it's funny. I like, I always am like self-proclaimed weirdo. And like, you know, I, I would say that I, I have an idea of who I like to think that I am. And that's probably the thing I try to curate more than anything, which is some iteration of being a weirdo. And yet I am playing now, and we've talked about this in the podcast episodes this year, of, like, I'm really good at doing that within, like, my, you can't see my hands, well, but it's, like, a bubble around me. I'm really good at doing that within my safe spaces. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, I am, I, I curate. I curate a, a version that is, like, making sure that I'm not pissing anyone off, that I'm not, you know doing anything too crazy um and i'm realizing that that absolutely has been self-sabotaging 
And so how do I get more comfortable at 37 recognizing when I am tailoring, catering, tweaking myself to allow other people, in, again, in my perception, other people to feel comfortable and not be upset by anything that I'm doing. Um, and so I've, I've already created the, the, the space of like, this is too hard for people or this is which is it's just very interesting because I was like I don't know who I am I'm fucking this weirdo and I like you know I'm at four on the Enneagram now and like I'm unique (laughs) but then I was like oh shit and like in my environment how do I show up in an environment how do I show up more myself in the workspace more than I already do because a lot of people would be like you are so authentic so I appreciate this conversation I, I that was just a yeah. Big old rabbit hole I went down. No, I mean, it's, and that's how I wanted to have it too, just because I, I'm struggling with it. Like, there's, there's parts of me, and I think it's a level of, of accepting, there are parts of me that I've really accepted, and that I feel super strong in, and a lot of those parts are what I generally portray outward more so. Those are the things that people see. And like, you're funny, you're going, I'm like complimenting myself or whatever, you know, like there are things that I put out there. Um, but Which then you're allowed to do <laughs> flip the hair. Um, but then there's, there's a lot of internal, and that's kind of what I was, what I was bringing up with doing the slides was there's me on the outside that a lot of people see. There's a me that my friends get to see. And then there's a me that like how I truly see myself. And we started out this conversation with Brooke in what that was season two, where we talked about the contrast and that really clicked for me because I never felt like I could grasp my identity because there was so much contrast, like who I am on the outside of this confident person and then who I'm on the inside And I even think about, and we've been getting into this, but like inner child, like I was actually a pretty shy child when I was younger. And sometimes I still feel like about my truest, most sensitive, emotional self. Like, I feel like that is a very private part of, of my identity. And it it hasn't been until recently where I've started to realize that I can be all of it. Cause I would just try to be like the one thing or like, I'm just this person that I put project on the outside. Um, but trying to honor the deeper parts of me that a lot of people don't see or that I don't show other people. And so that has been kind of interesting. I'm, we've kind of been talking about this, but I'm curious for you. Um, when people talk about identity or, um, I've been listening to a lot of the angry therapist and he talks about, it's like your solid self versus your pseudo self, your pseudo self being sort of your not authentic self or the the masks that you wear for other people and your solid self being who you are at the core. And I was in one of his, his groups and I asked the question about like, do you, how do you feel like layers come into there? And he's, he said he didn't see it that way, which I thought was interesting. Um, because I, I, that's how I see it, at least. Or maybe I'm still just, like, chipping away at things. I don't know. Um, but I'm curious for you. They say a lot of times your solid self is how you acted a lot of times as a younger child. Do you have any connection to that, like, on your solid self or your identity back to your childhood? 
Um, I'm trying to tap into it. I don't know, I was really, I don't know if I totally agree with that. I was a really, I don't know. I don't want to like use words that, I was always described as like a very um, crazy child. <laughs> like, fucked shit up. <laughs> like, I was. You were a trailblazer. I was a troublemaker or a trailblazer. <laughs> trailblazer. Like, I just caused little, I was, like, sneaky, and I, like, I, ca- I caused, I, I disrupted things. I messed shit up, and, like, just to, like, mess with people. And I can distinctly remember as a kid, like, knowing that what I was doing was going to, like, ruffle feathers and doing it anyways, um, which now I would say I do that. But I'm a lot more aware of, like, the impact that my actions have on other people. And so, I don't know. I would say, like, I talk about it as, like, my soul or my, um, I don't know. I guess I never really, like, categorized it before. But if I thought about who my, like, essence was, I would probably more so relate it to my soul or when I'm trying to get guidance from you know, a quote-unquote purer version of myself, I would usually try to tap into my soul um, versus, like, a facade is what the language that I thrive, have used with thrive. Um, But I kind of agree. Like, I don't know if I have layers either now that I'm, like, sitting here. And I think that's why it was tough for me to... to, to think about doing that exercise because it doesn't it doesn't feel that mutually exclusive to me if like I can feel so much overlap in like who I am as a kid there's absolutely parts of my but there's parts of my solid self in every version of me that has ever been and so and yet so I was just trying to find I'll finish that thought and yet um what does that even fucking mean anyway Friends, what's going on? Here to invite you to the collective. The collective is our monthly gathering of the Truna Collective community where we get together and we discuss a specific topic related to authenticity and how we all show up. That happens the first Thursday of every month. We'd love to have you join us to sign up for our mailing list. You can do that on thetruenorthcollective.org. There's a drop down. Just type in your email address and you will get all the updates on episodes as well as upcoming workshops and the collective. Please join us. We'd love to see your smiling faces over Zoom. And we're back to the episode. So there's this quote from Jim Carrey that I'm just going to read. It's kind of long. Um, yeah. I realized that I could lose myself in a character. I could live in a character. It was a choice. And when I finished with that, I took a month to remember who I was. What do I believe? What are my politics? What do I like and dislike? It took me a while, and I was usually depressed going back into my concerns and my politics. But there was a shift that, I had, that had already happened. And the shift was, wait a second. If I can put Jim Carrey aside for four months, who is Jim Carrey? Who the hell is that? I know now he does not really exist. He's ideas. Jim Carrey was an idea my parents gave me. 
Irish, Scottish, French was an idea I was given. Canadian was an idea that I was given. I had a hockey team and a religion and all these things that cobbled together into this kind of Frankenstein monster, this representation. It's like an avatar. These are all the things I am. You are not an actor or a lawyer. No one is a lawyer. There are lawyers. Law is practiced, but no one is a lawyer. There is no one, in fact, there. And I just, like, it is crazy to really think about it. Like, our construct of who we are is based on this current reality. Like, and so it's all, I mean, it is all kind of fucking made up. (laughs) My solid self is what, life? (laughs) The pure expression of life, which is really all of it every iteration that could be expressed which means at any given point in time even the facades are actually your real identity (laughs) it's interesting because i (laughs) it's interesting because i did a i was on a vision and goals call today with lou woman and we were going through values and they had us, you know, I've, I've done, I've been doing this for quite a bit. And so they had us, mm-hmm. you know, get your values, narrow them down. And then they had us define them today. And when I got to authenticity, because it's always one of them. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wanted to fight it. I was like, it's something else, but it is authenticity. And then I defined it and it was like, authenticity is giving myself permission to show up exactly how I am today, no matter what that is. Which kind of piggies back to what we were just saying. It's like authenticity isn't when I can fit into the curated, you know, third nested Russian doll of me. You know, (laughs) it's like authenticity is actually when I just allow myself to be the pure expression of life that this moment in this body in this lifetime is expressing. Um with an awareness, because I, I do think, well, I don't know, maybe that's not fair either to even say that, but I don't, to, to me, there does seem, it does feel like my my authentic, solid self or my soul um, is tapped into a, the present moment, is aware of the present moment, is like choosing, it isn't just a default, so I don't know, I guess yeah. that would be the only thing that doesn't fit into my current theory that <laughs> I just described. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I like that approach. Cause I, again, like I, it's just like, we're so much too. Like we, we have so many different parts to us. And I guess I say the word layers, but maybe it's just like, there, there is just a lot to us. And encompassing that all in a description, just seems impossible so I like your approach because sometimes I love like I will be around people and I love to perform and I like to make people laugh and I feel like I'm being my authentic self in those moments but then there are other sides to me that are more reserved and that are more private and there's so much, um, but one, and I was like fangirl over these people clearly, like it was Gary Vee, now it's the angry therapist, so I'll just keep rolling with this, um, <laughs> where I'm consuming my content, but uh, the angry therapist also has a phrase too, are you running towards yourself or away from yourself? And that's like a good question to ask when you're making decisions, and I've 
been anchoring in that quite a bit lately. And it speaks to what you just said. Like, it's a very present moment question. Like, in this moment, what would be me running towards myself versus running away? And there's so much that's up in the air for I know both of us. And same here. Like, I don't know where I'm going to be living in a little bit. And, you know, there's the world is infinite in the number of possibilities and directions that I could go right now. And that can feel really, really overwhelming and uncertain. So having that question of saying like, take it moment by moment. And in each moment, how can I just continue to ask myself, like, what, what is running towards, towards you? What does that look like? Because I think for a while I was definitely, I was learning and I was growing when I moved to slow. And I, I mean, I've changed so much even since I got here. Um, but I think in that, that change, there was also a little bit of getting lost. And even with the podcast, something I, I realized in some of the previous episodes, and we sort of talked about this, but in season one, I felt like I had a really strong voice. And then in season two, as I started to change and evolve, there were so many question marks and I felt like I almost lost my voice and perspective because I just felt like because I was changing and, but it was so early and like I had to let go of kind of this past self, which I would say was more pseudo of just like, I'm going to work and I'm going to focus on all my accomplishments and that's who I am. And my career is my identity. And all of a sudden I didn't have that anymore. And I just felt like I didn't have an opinion on anything. Like I was here for the conversations, but I was like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about that. And it's exciting because I feel like my voice is finally starting to come back and not, and again, like when I was doing all those things in my career, I guess I feel like I had, when I was running, like working at Spire and running it, like I had a clear vision of who I was in that environment. And when that all went away, it was like almost starting over. Um, and so I finally feel two years later that I'm starting to find my voice again. Um, and I think that's a huge part of identity and just being able to, to share it and have your opinions and understand what you believe in. I love the idea of, I've heard that before, the running towards or running mm -hmm. away. Um, and I appreciate that. And maybe that is kind of similar to what I was saying, which is yeah. like, I mean, you know, you are authentically running away from yourself when you're running away from yourself <laughs> and, sure. you know, you're, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's why they call it your solid self. Maybe your solid self is when you're authentically running towards yourself and maybe, and that usually is like in the present moment, um, when I am present, when I am conscious and aware and I'm choosing truly choosing for me, um, which I feel like I have been doing, learning to do a lot more, that feels more like myself than, um, again, than even like a set of circumstances. Because, you know, who I am today is not going to be who I am tomorrow um, or who I was. And so to try and pinpoint that down, I used to try to do that. But now I think it's more of a, an acknowledgement of just like, oh, that's cool. Like at that point in time, that was the, you know, that was the curation that um, marked that period of time for you. Uh, 
and that can be what it is. Like I can honor it for what it is without grasping onto it too tightly or trying to reject it. Um, I think inner child work has kind of given me that a little bit. Um, yeah. And when I say inner child, I mean, that's also just like <laughs> looking at like who I was a year ago. Um, because at least the person that I've been working with, and I really need to find the guy's name. Um, I really like his approach to it where he actually looks at like looking at your life as a timeline from when you were born to now look at all of the markers where you had these like he hasn't called them pivotal moments but pivotal moments that you can remember memories that are important memories that shaped you and they can be great memories or not so great memories and at all of those points in time, that version of yourself is the one who experienced that experience more than any other version of yourself. And so in order to really tap into your memory and process and be there for yourself, it's your responsibility to build a relationship with that version of yourself because they hold the key and you hold the ability to allow them to complete their processing. These are all his words. I did not come up with that. Um, but it's been a really beautiful, I, I really like his approach to it. Um, I don't really know where I'm going with this now. I guess just acknowledging our different identities across time. And it's like the importance of honoring them. I do think sometimes with this identity stuff, it can be like, you know, we can poo-poo like, oh, this facade that I created for myself. But it's like, no, that mm-hmm. that meant something that was to us. you. Yeah, yeah. And that meant something. Like you you curated that. That means like there's a lot of insight in to what was important to you. And, you know, I've never done this before, but even the ability to recognize like how have my facades shifted? Where have there been always the same constants that are there? Um, to get a better indication of what your, you know, I don't know if it's your strengths. Maybe it is your strengths. Maybe it's your values. Um, but I do, I think for a long time, I used to think like masks, facades, bad. And mm-hmm. no, they're not. <laughs> Just information. Well, and I like that invitation too, because I've as I've been going through this process, I'm Sometimes I feel sh- almost shame, like I, shame, like guilt around who I was in the past because I'm like, how could you have been that person? How could you have thought that? I mean, even some ideas and revelations that I've had around relationships and how I used to interact with people. And now with the knowledge I have now, I'm like, man, was I just being really manipulative because I had these things inside of me that I was trying to fill and I used relationships to try to fill them. But that wasn't my, it's like the intention behind it, right? I I didn't know that about what I was doing. Like I didn't have the awareness for it, but yet here I am now. I'm like, oh, I'm enlightened or whatever, you know, I know more about myself and I'm sitting here and I'm like shitting on my old self for the things I did that I didn't even know I was doing. Like I should have known better. And so I like just saying that's like, that's who you were in that moment. Because I do feel like when I was at, I mean, not completely when I was running the studio, I was definitely a lot colder than I think I naturally am. And like, I'm, I'm, I think I'm a lot kinder and more playful and things like that. But 
there were still parts of me, like the work ethic and all these things that I do consider a part of myself, even though I've put more value on it then than I do now. But that was just, that was where I was at. (laughs) That was like my identity. And I mean, that's what I thought made me valuable at the time. Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool conversation. Um, Yeah. I I can totally relate to looking at past version of yourself and being like what the fuck. I mean <laughs> I mean honestly I'm so I this morning was talking to my therapist about um the fact that you know I'm coming into this space of being able to actually know that I can speak what I want to people and if they get upset about it I don't have to be scared and I don't have to be like oh okay 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 or like anything like I can just own it very calmly and graciously and I'm not (laughs) I'm still working on it I have very strong codependency stuff but I'm getting really really like I see myself growing and as I was talking to her, I, I was like, man, I've been really grieving my past. Like I've been grieving how much time I spent not in this space. And like, like, oh my gosh, what I could have done, what would my life have looked like if I would have been able to do this at 16? Oh my gosh, I could have like, and she was like, stop, stop. That is, that is, that is taking you into this like storyline that is almost self-hatey and she's like you can go there if you want but you can't possibly expect your like this is where this is the there's like a level of acceptance um and loving like me being able to be compassionate with that version of myself means that I can be compassionate with somebody right now who's at that point in their life and if I can't then I'm probably going to be pretty you know judgmental or whatever my response to that version of myself is um and so in the last well, however many hours it's been since 8 a.m. this morning. <laughs> I've been like, I've been like, wow, I have spent the week really not sad, but just grieving. Like grieving what could be okay. almost. Like regret in a way. And, you know, it was a nice reminder from her that, yes, you know, absolutely grieve. And you know, you got, to, I, I mean, I guess at this point I'm realizing I got to experience all the things I did experience because I am not who I am now then. And in mm-hmm. fucking 10 years, I'm going to be totally different from the person that I am now. And I'm appreciative that I'm getting a chance to actually be like, have this conversation with you taped so that when I'm like 45 <laughs> and I'm like, I fucking woke or whatever, <laughs> which I will never say that hopefully I would say in 10 years woke probably won't be a word anyway well, and hopefully I would never say that anyways but maybe I would and but either way I you know I'm gonna be looking back now and being like oh my gosh how did I not even know like what kind I could have done oh. and you know I feel very proud of who I am today and for the first time in a long time I really more than 50 per, more often than not I really like who I am <laughs> And I can lean on that at times when I fuck up or I'm a dick or 
I'm a pushover, I'm a people pleaser, I'm all the things that I'm embarrassed about. Um, more often than not, I can come back to, very, pretty quickly, I can come back to, oh, I like you. I like you. I'm going to stick with you for practicing. I was, I was somebody who used to do this, and now I'm somebody who, pra- who is practicing this, and that is okay. Um, the guy who I was talking about, the inner child guy, okay, his mm-hmm. last name, I'm probably going to butcher it. It's mm-hmm. Nate, Nate. Postlethwaite, <laughs> P-O-S-T-L-E-T-H-W-A-I-T. Nate Postlethwaite, Postlethwaite. I'm terrible at names, so I'm not going to try. <laughs> but the one I just opened up with it. says, "Authenticity is my love language," which I love that one. Oh yeah, I think you. Yeah, I think I, think that I, I know who you're talking about. Oh yeah, actually, I can see. I literally have a different quote up, and I can see his name right in front of me. <laughs> There's another one from Create the Love, too, where they said, finding your passion isn't about career, careers or money. It's about finding your authentic self, the one you've buried beneath other people's needs. Yeah, I can relate to that. Mic drop. Yeah. yeah. No, but I think acceptance is a huge part. And I agree. I've had a hard time letting go in some ways of my past self. Like, in some ways, I'm shitting on my past self. And then in other ways, that's the comfort, right? The comfort zone of who you've always been. And as you're changing and evolving, that is in some ways for me uncertain. And I don't like, I haven't fully landed. Like I don't feel grounded in this new sense of identity that I'm creating for myself or this new version of myself. And then things will happen or something will trigger me that pulls me back. And then I'm like, well, what the fuck? Like, am I not growing? But I am. It's just the moments. There are moments, right? Those, but that like past self is still part of me. So yeah, it's the acceptance of all of it and being able to do that on your own too, because we've, and for example, when we did our snooze on booze, I talked a lot about the external and the more and more I get to know myself, the more and more I realize that most of what I've been doing has been coming from an external place and now going internal and just, again, finding that voice, like truly figuring out, like, what do you want? What's happening inside your body, accepting it, being present in a way that I've never experienced before. And it's exhausting and it's cool (laughs) and it's scary. And it is, all of it and it's going to continue I'm sure but I hope especially when other I mean considering nothing is certain in my life right now um I hope when other things feel like a little bit more certain for a while although continually realizing that nothing is certain nothing is safe everything's going to continue to change even things that I thought like actually around my identity like things I always thought would just be like no this is me to the core and like those things have been blown up <laughs> so I'm just like it none of it and then part of me is like none of it matters right and then it's very freeing like fuck everything nothing matters it's all made up but not fuck everything come from a place of love but still fuck everything <laughs> you know? and then I don't know but then it's daunting because it's like if you fuck everything then what do you grab onto the present moment Right. That's all I can respond to. Because <laughs> I, I agree. It's like 
if I try to hold too tightly on to like the elusive form of who I think that I am, mm-hmm. it's like a fucking, it's like I grabbed the fin of a shark and I'm just getting whipped around and it's a moving target. Mm-hmm. And, but if I can just stay in this present moment and not worry about like, not worry too much about how things showed up or unfolded or how I, you know, what parts I chose to like, what levers I chose to pull to be whatever, whenever, or who I will. And it's like, what I can work with is here right now. And here right now, these, this is a set of circumstances that I have. And within this set of circumstances, I love the prompt of like, within this set of circumstances, where am I at? And what does it look like if I'm running towards myself? And what does it look like if I'm not? And where do I sit within that spectrum? And it's okay. Whatever I choose is okay. It's actually okay. Um, I do find the reflective questions to be super helpful in just like grounding me in something so that I can get a perspective of something because it can be really overwhelming. It can be like, well, I'm this and I'm this and I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> I'm, I'm pissed, but right. like I've been playing with like, I really value connection and I want deep connection so bad, but I have been burned. And so out of safety, I usually keep things pretty surface level. And there's a lot of people who, if they ever listened to this and tried to get close to me and I kind of, I, I don't put up a wall so much as I just go cold. and. I mean, maybe that is a wall, but for me, it feels like cold. And, but all I really want is connection, but then they'd want to be, and I'd feel overwhelmed and then I'd shut down or I'd be like, oh, and, and so it's interesting, the contrast that exists within, you know, who I want to be versus who I'm comfortable showing up versus, you know, who my, all my shadow inner child (laughs) fucking things are all trying to protect me and like. Ah, that um, it can exactly really what it feels like. What do I want right now? What do I want? Yeah. I want to be safe, but I want this, but I want this, and then I want this, and then I want this, and now I'm this. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like the more I found for myself, I'll say I, mm-hmm. when the more I have played with this, and I love this stuff, so I think I have a genuine lean towards. What does it mean to be you? And what does it mean to live a life? <laughs> Not yeah. it doesn't have to be a badass life. Like, what does it mean to actually like live a life and to choose to live a life and life and like consciousness? Like what? Um, but I I think the more that I've played with this, I have gotten okay with the overwhelm that exists. Um it's not one thing that's necessarily gotten me there. I think it's been a lot of different things of like, I can kind of see the bigger picture puzzle a little bit. I don't have all the information, but I like, I know that there's some parts of me that do this and there's some parts that do that. And, um, you know, based on Tantra, I love that idea of every single moment is just part is a human experience is a human expression is expression of life playing through you therefore it's not something to run away from it's an experience to embrace and so there's little aspects of that and so I think there 
is enough of a construct that I have to be able to ask myself a reflective question that can get me out of the, like, uh... Hamster wheel. That's the word. Hamster wheel. (laughs) You know, it can kind of just, like, put a wrench in the system and disrupt my, like, oh, on this and on this, and then therefore that, and then what about that? And it's just like, okay, wait. What's, like, one question I know? I know of a question. If I don't know, can't think of one, I usually have 50 million journals somewhere or papers <laughs> that I can be like, what's a good question I can ask myself right now? <laughs> Seriously, though. It is, I mean, yeah, it is. I love the invitation to be present, though, and, like, presence and acceptance because, yeah, I, I'm, I mean, we're all, like, our worst inner critic. And everything we do, it's just like, why did you do that? Because I, I, I'm, I'm always trying to like, why? Why did I do it? Like, solve it, black or white. And that's not really how this works. And just being like, it is what it is. <laughs> it happened. Like, and not that it needs to stop there and you just don't evolve or move forward. But I'm always like, well, what is that one? I mean, heck, what? I messaged you the other day. I'm like, maybe I like emo music because I don't know how to express my emotions and they've been suppressed inside of me. And I just love, Rachel's just like, or maybe you just like emo music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no. I'm this pretty sure. <laughs> to be fair, I'm pretty sure that I asked some very similar questions. Not at your age, like, I'm not going to do that, yeah. but, like, I have asked those kind of questions before, too. So, like, <laughs> I have a few years of, like, wrestling with this stuff, and so it's almost, like, not really fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, like, I'm just, like, connecting the dots. I'm, like, oh, you have suppressed emotions that you haven't gotten out that you just, you just push them inside you. <laughs> I'm, like, emo music makes sense. <laughs> but I think I that's, think I, <laughs> I do think it's cool, though. I do think it's cool, though that we do come from different places because I I think it's helpful to hear it from somebody who's fresh, but then also to hear it from somebody who's like, this shit doesn't end. Like we ain't done. Like, it's not like, Oh, you get to look forward. Like in eight years. Nope. (laughs) And so I think it's cool. And you know, there's aspects for me that I, you know, have my own discernment around and I can kind of speak what my truth is now and and I can speak it from a place of like and this is what it is now and it may evolve and all all perspectives are allowed to exist and so I think I think it's I think we have a cool dichotomy from that standpoint both with like an undying passion for like being our true (laughs) selves which is really cool that we both happen to just cross paths at very strange times in our lives so um yeah, Dude, I'm yeah. Of that. I don't I don't even know who I'd be right now <laughs> I actually <laughs> had like a cross dude that one of the other days when you were like I'm just really fucking not okay and I was like <laughs> did I do this to her <laughs> I'm like is this my fault am I a terrible person like do people who meet me just like I send them down this roller coaster of life and like she could have gotten out unscathed and I was like come play with me like <laughs> And I was like, no, she's a responsible adult. In all fairness, I feel like I wasn't drawn to you, though. So it wasn't like you were just like, come join my cult. I was just like, what is this thing that you are? 
It's like shiny, flame. What's that? I will. I will say though that it's been. It has been cool. Uh, you know, I talked about connection earlier and like my own identity and you know wanting to be somebody that people want to be around, but then freaking out when people want to be around me because I do. Not everybody. I've had people, plenty of people who do not like me, but. I have also had lots of people who really, same thing, like, they really are drawn to me, and then I'm just like, I don't know what you want from me, like, I'm just a fucking freak, like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and when we first started becoming, like, friends, or, like, closer friends when we were doing this podcast, and I was like, I really think you're, like, one of my close friends, but, like, I don't want to put any labels on it, or, like, <laughs> no expectation, like, I might get really sick of you, because I was just so blatantly obvious uh, honest with you yeah. about that and you just were like okay cool like however long you want to be friends with me like, i'll be friends with you i was like okay but i you're one of those people that i'm learning how to develop a deeper connection with through like we've had some discomfort like mm-hmm. i know that i've represented an identity that you at times you were like what the fuck and and vice versa Mm -hmm. and so like i don't know i'm again it's just it's cool for me i want to have that depth of connection through being myself and i feel like i'm getting to experience that with you i feel like i'm getting to experience that with dylan in new ways that i never ever thought that i was going to be able to experience and so I'm I'm trying not to hold on too tightly to it and just enjoy it for what it is and know that every relationship has its life cycle and whatever is meant to be um, will be part of the experience, my authentic experience. And I'm very grateful for the time that I have and I'm grateful for the practice in being able to not run away when it gets tough and to be like, no, you said you want a connection, so you can just bounce or... You can kind of like work through what's happening, say what you say, what actually you need to say and know that it's okay. And so again, I guess a little bit of a rabbit hole there, but I, in relation to like being your authentic self with somebody else, it takes, it does take work. Like, totally. yeah. Yeah. Celebrate, detach, celebrate, detach. That's been my motto. <laughs> Celebrate the present moment and then detach from whatever comes next, which I have. I mean, I I know a lot of people do, but I have a hard time with. But for whatever reason, and it's probably because you model this really well, because anytime you've ever said that, part of me is like, (laughs) she doesn't want to be my friend anymore. (laughs) This is her way. (laughs) This is her way of like slowly cutting the time. Like, this has been great. We're breaking it up. <laughs> and then I'm like, no, it's fine. <laughs> that's, that's like the first place my brain goes to every time you say that. I'm just like, it's okay. It it's all gonna work out. But it but it's it's been very good practice, and I think just like knowing that I was just like, okay, it's fine. Like if it's just fine. I I don't know. I've always just felt I think like because of our relationship and our honesty and the conversations that we have, and also knowing like what a good person you are and how self-aware you are that if you ever made the decision that like and vice versa right but like in my mind this is the conversation I'm having like if you ever made the decision that you didn't want to be my friend anymore I'd be like all right that's our truth I know right dude 
<laughs> no, but I feel like I'd applaud your truth. I'd be like, because I just like, you know, because we have these conversations about authenticity and I'm like, Rachel's just authentically being herself. <laughs> and she's like, I'll take my bow. You're like, you're crying, but you're just like, bravo. I'd be super, I'd be super sad, but I would also just be like, I think because I have so much trust in how much like awareness and trust you have in your own truth that I'd just be like, well, then it's fine. This is the closure. (laughs) Versus I think a lot of other things or other people, I'm just like, no, I can like, I can fix this. Like there's something that needs to be done. Like you just don't get it. Like the other person, I'm like, no, you just don't understand. Like I'm meant to be, I don't know. I'm just like, no, Rachel's just. She knows it. It's fine. Let's take my bow. It's kind of crazy, right? Like, it is, but it's, it's different. Like, relationships it's kind of, like that. Yeah, but it's, I always say it's very refreshing because, yes, I still have, like, literally any time you say that, like, my heart stops just for a <laughs> sorry, second. Yeah, like, sorry. She's breaking up with me. <laughs> Dude, you should go. And then, you gotta go. And then I'm like, it's okay. Yeah. You gotta go read the Enneagram 4. I'm, like, obsessed with it now. Oh, yeah, that episode will be live now. Dude, I, it's like, it's so me. I'm like, oh, fuck. I, it's like, for the first time ever, I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, I gotta just own this shit now. Like, (laughs) for the, it's the first personality test that I've ever been like, bravo, you nailed it. And now I actually need to take responsibility for this. Yeah, but the I, hot, I've the actually been really thing. impressed too. When we were recording it, I was like, "Am I three? Am I three? And then the more I looked into it, I was like, "Oh fuck, I'm a three. <laughs> yeah. Do you? I'm like, okay. oh shoot. <laughs> Not and that then I'm you... using that language now. Of course, that I made mean, it's influence. Yes, but I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing here. You don't feel worthy. Uh, what's good. happening? <laughs> yeah, but like, if you don't have the language, then you don't. Yeah. Have... Like, well, that's half that the problem I feel like new... for me. Yeah. Yeah. Is I don't have a language. I'm just like, I'm feeling things. Yeah. I don't know what to do with feelings and they're my body and they're stuck and I don't get it. And then all of a sudden someone gives you language and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's what I was saying about like the, the meta puzzle view, because it's like, now that I'm like, oh, there's this thing called a shadow. There's an inner child. There's a this, mm-hmm. there's, oh, I don't, this is, blah, 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 blah. this is how I can. Now, yeah. all of a sudden I, I have a bit more construct to this reality versus it just seeming like I'm fucking crazy and like this is what happens and now I yeah um so timely the enneagram and coffee type four reflection from like two days ago was what if true identity is the lack of seeking identity oh I was like I love fucking being a four. I fucking love it. <laughs> That's so funny. There's so many good ones. Yeah. I'm, I went through, there's also, um, I don't know if we talked about this on the Enneagram podcast, but the just my, or just my Enneatype. I Maybe think we've you've been about sending it. me stuff from it. I have. And they're from Wisconsin. They're from Milwaukee. <gasps> I didn't know that. Yeah. They're we Milwaukee should have them on. We should. Um, Cause that was what it got me really excited. I Maybe we did bring it up. I mean, they have, a ton of followers but then I looked and they're from Milwaukee which is really That's cool crazy. and a lot of their stuff that I've been sending you I'm like man this looks so yeah um yeah and the way I like the wings and all the variants that we start to talk about and like because it, it gives it a little bit more dimension yeah. too and when I talk about the contrast of who I am it's like the three is just like prove your worth by productivity and all these things and that is 
what is more predominant, but then that two wing is also the like, I'm unlovable and I'm sensitive and I like to nurture. And that is like the part of me and my identity that I've neglected a lot and I've suppressed and I've rejected and I labeled it as bad. And I just didn't know what to do with it because that's the part of me that I generally get hurt in. Like I don't get hurt when I'm like, I'm productive. I I can accomplish things because that is very much something that I can easily control. But the sensitive, emotional, more quote-unquote two-wing type things, that is always where I get burned because I'm just like, here's my heart on a platter. Love me. <laughs> and then someone's like, fucking eat <laughs> I try. It is, I mean, our uh, signs fit pretty nicely together too because I'm four-wing three. So mm-hmm. where my four would be really aloof and just like, just wallow. My three is like very extroverted and like let's get shit done. Let's do this. Let's let's make shit happen. Um, I, I wish I had the the explanation where it was like the relationships between the two, and it was basically like your soulmates. Yeah, Dude, I but mean, we're not because we're not going to put that label or yeah. expectation even, because of the rest. <laughs> but even like how the four to the two, like the two is very much like there for other people. And I I've been a people pleaser before, but I definitely have a tendency to more like like go cold and mm-hmm. and and go very inward and experience life very inward and so I think even just that dichotomy and how we interact with our guests and how we have created this brand is is really funny too it's just like it kind of gets these different facets um acknowledged through the process uh which yeah. is, I really like I was in an angry therapist group the other day and they they asked when do you feel most like yourself and I'll ask you that question but to my surprise maybe not surprise because I've always liked my alone time but I've never really been able to like pinpoint why because I consider myself an extrovert and I like entertaining but I was like when I'm by myself in like especially in nature that is when I feel most myself and so that inward I'm like oh interesting that when I'm alone is when I feel most myself so I'm curious I'll ask you the same question when do you feel most yourself well now I've been influenced so sorry I I shouldn't (laughs) sorry that's okay um I think my first my first like inclination was when I'm dancing like I've that's always been um but an adaptation to that I think would be like running in nature biking in nature being in nature um but co-creating with people too. Like I just, I love people. Like when I am on road trips and we'll just like belly up to the bar and like meet the people next to us. And I just am so fascinated by people. And so I think that. That's a good point too. I've always loved talking to strangers and I mean, I'm sure there's many reasons, but I think one of them is because I can speak to them without them having any expectations of me and without needing to ever see them again. And because I have let go of those expectations, a lot, like a lot of times I do feel like I can just show up and just be like, whatever, if you don't fucking like me, we'll never see each other again and can show up a lot more myself versus when I'm showing up with people that I have to be around a lot, I can be very like sit and wait. It's like a distrust of like what's happening. I'm going to survey the room. What are you like? What are you thinking? Are you like the question that's been coming up so much for me right now too. It's like, are you safe? are you safe? Cause if you're not safe, like I'm the same thing. Like I will just go cold 
shut down. Like, I will just sit there and just be like, hmm, nope. You don't get, you get like quick, blunt, to the point. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from me. <laughs> I don't think you're safe. I just like, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. But then we go into the conversations of like, how do you open up then? And how do you not just build a wall? And I think it's like that very fine balance of acceptance, going back to what we were talking about, accepting that that's who I am today. And I can probably take small steps to let down that wall, but that's probably always, I mean, it's one, it's human nature. And like two, that will probably always be a part of who I am. Yeah. And like knowing that means that when you notice it coming up, you can choose what you want to do with it. Like, mm-hmm. you could experience it and then not get sucked into it, you know, yeah. not get taken for the ride of it, but just be like, oh, yeah, there's that productive mechanism again, and am I actually mm-hmm. safe? Uh, yep. Yeah, how to make cool. yourself feel safe. Yeah. Sometimes I just feel like I, I'm sure a lot of people feel like this, but when you're in your cycles, I just feel like there is a giant brick wall, and I'm just running into it over and over again expecting that it's going to fall down and it never does and finally I just have to stop and be like why don't you try to like fucking climb over it or why don't you grab a ladder or why don't you just decide that that wall isn't worth it (laughs) go climb a different fucking wall just stop smashing your face into it uh, that's my my analogy lately like Like you just (laughs) chose to sprint into the same wall again (laughs) Maybe choose different next time, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to human existence. <laughs> right, I know. And then just being okay with that, that is a part of it. You get to learn your lessons. Yeah, totally. And not being mad at myself for doing it, which is easier said than done. Yeah. Well, I acknowledge <laughs> you for allowing yourself to um, adapt. Thanks. Yeah, it, it, it maybe wasn't the most powerful um, acknowledgement I've ever given, but <laughs> I there's a lot of new. It almost seems like every week is a different life that you're living in, and <laughs> and so I'm I just I, I acknowledge you for continuing to show up for for it for what is showing up. So thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that, and I need to hear that because that. I feel like every day I'm just like I don't even know what the hell. Isn't it gonna be so cool to look back on it though? Like, I used to tell myself that when I was like, "What the fuck?" And I'd be like, "I can't wait till the point where this all fucking makes sense, where I can turn around and be like, oh, that's why.' Like, I can't yeah. wait to figure out like that had to happen that way in order for this, and that makes sense because that's always how it's happened for me. And so yep. now that's kind of how I go into things, where it's like if something's fucked up quote unquote I'm like I'll feel all the things I'm feeling it's not like I automatically go to like can't wait to see what this is gonna bring me but um yeah I think I've been I've been feeling all the feelings for sure and just trying to allow myself to feel them and I mean since we've been talking about this too like I've had the perspective that it's all gonna lead to something I don't exactly like you can't predict what it's going to be but I am just trusting that it'll lead to something. There's a quote from uh, the universe has your back and it's like trust settles every problem now. Mm -hmm. And I like to go back to that of just like, 
when I'm spiraling and I feel like in a complete panic and I'm just like, what the, like, what is even the point of this? I'm just like, it's all going to lead to something and it will make sense at some point. It's Hopefully. funny because my, my, what the fuck is the point came after I read the John Krakauer book, um, under the banner of heaven. And then I was I like, that. it was an external. So like, I tend to be more internal and it was the external reality, uh, crumbled. And I was like, oh my God, if everything outside of me is made up, then what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, and for a long, for like a while, I was in creative, I was at creative agencies and some of the creatives that I was working with, I was just like, it's fucking made up. It's all fucking made up. <laughs> like, we're all just living in this fucking avatar. Like, it's fucking the Matrix. Like, I, like this is whatever. And they'd be like, okay, yep. And, <laughs> all right, chill out, little one. Like, and we all need, like, we can't operate within chaos. So somebody had to create some yeah. sort of structure. And then I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. And then I was like, <laughs> then I was like, I'm fucking moving to Sweden. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It, it's freeing when you realize everything is made up. Mm-hmm. Everything. Like, like we were just talking about your identity is made up. Society is made up. It's all made up, but it is chaotic and yeah, but it's, like, a very good reminder as I'm making decisions. And, again, going, like, for me, it's going back to that question, like, are you running towards yourself? And just, like, it, it's helped me let go of societal expectations. It's helped me let go of expectations of even people that I truly love, like, that detaching. Like, yes, I can love you and I can care about you, but I can detach from your expectations of me or your expectations of what you think my life should look like. And like whatever my calling is I'm just gonna fucking do it yeah and yeah do it with love and care about other people but just fucking do it like it's your life and if I die of the Rona tomorrow like I don't want to sit and just be like what if you did that and yes we do have limited time but I want to make sure that with the time I have I'm moving towards what I want even if it has to be baby steps sometimes because you can't always overturn everything overnight. Mm-hmm. Although I'm pretty good at that. I'm pretty good at like bailing ship. I feel like I should have been, I don't know, like someone that needs to escape in the middle of the night because I feel like I can flip my life upside down in seconds because I have the ability to move so fast. I'm just like, sell your car, get rid of your house, move this, da, 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 da. and then I'm just like, well, I have nothing left. All right, what do I want next? <laughs> Go. I mean, okay. But I, I need to slow down. I'm going to just say this. <laughs> I'm the same way, and I think it's because you and I are going to be taking the brand to places that require us to be able to travel all around. So, <laughs> I think so too. So, um, but okay. So you really wanted to have this conversation. I super appreciate mm-hmm. it. What do you want to remember from this? I want to remember. One, that I'm not the only person that goes through this. We all do. 
someone I feel psychotic and I'm mad at myself for being a human that I am reminded that we are all human and I can't escape that no matter how great I think I am. <laughs> and <laughs> I want to remember to stay present because that is my grounding, especially right now. And especially for someone who's trying to constantly plan and fix and just to like have that not necessarily be to my benefit. Cool. What about you? I really liked your, when you said, I know that if you chose for us not to be friends, it would be because you were being so true to yourself. Like I really, it really hit hard. Like I, I want to remember that I do live my life in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and I am a stand for that and that's pretty cool. Uh, and then the other thing is that I do remembering that I actually really can't, I do know how, or like I can have deep connections with people. Like I, I do know how to do it. I can do it. I've for so many years convinced myself that I couldn't or, you know, whatever. I, you know, I wasn't actually, a, I was a bad person or like, you know, all the things that, but I actually, I do have an ability to connect with people and to not hurt them and to not be a burden. And and so I, those are the two things that I really want to remember from this conversation that you've helped me be able to remember about myself. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I will say again that I think a lot of credit goes to you because it's also in a relationship. Because I don't think I do that modeling that well in other places. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's just we're me, here for each other for now. <laughs> I'm just like, just it, kidding. <laughs> Sorry, wait, my heart just, just stopped beating kidding. again. Hold on. Okay. Butterfly. You're getting kicked on the track. Remember, like, rejection being worthwhile every single time. Oh, my God. No. Uh, um, okay, well, my one last question is, um, how do you live your true north as you are finding your identity today? Moment to moment. Yeah, my answer is going to be presence in the present, in the present moment. Yeah. Literally moment to moment. That's been my biggest unlock, I think, as I think about well, authenticity. Yes. I well even just I mean the entire scenario. I yeah. when I've been working at the grocery store, I don't know if I already said this on podcast, so sorry if I did, I'll edit it out. But like doing that is also very humbling. Like I mean I chose to do it, but it's humbling to just like work such a I'll say mindless, especially because they put me on like the job that no one wants to do mindless job. Um, but it's been a really cool invitation for me, especially because I signed up for it. So rather than being like, fuck this, I don't want to do this. This is dumb. I'm like, you are like literally just, you're choosing to be here. <laughs> so what are you going to do about it? Like, what do you, do you can quit? Like you actually have the option to quit, but you decided to do this. So what do you want to do with it? Um, and just like practicing being present and just like, my most intimate relationship right now is with shopping carts as I <laughs> wipe them down and just <laughs> clean every little crevice of them and just be present and breathe and just 
like just be there and just like take in the smells of all the sick cleaning chemicals that I <laughs> use. I'm like, yep, don't like that one. Or that one smells like tequila. Because <laughs> it's There's all like, yep. natural? Oh, no. I don't even know if it's all like they they have um, the who the World Health Organization approved hand sanitizer at the stores. Mm-hmm. And it's so much alcohol Ugh. that it's smells like the strongest booze that you've ever had and it's just like it burns and it smells like just I, I think it's like 80% alcohol I don't know it's just like, it's gross, gross. gross. <laughs> and that's I just like clean everything with it and like <laughs> do you wear gloves oh yeah okay, yeah good. gloves and honestly I mean we have to wear a mask but I don't think I could do that job in like yeah outside of COVID without wearing a mask because yeah. the smells are so strong <laughs> But it's been a really good practice for me every time I go, especially half yeah. time. It's like four fucking hours of just standing there and cleaning carts. It's, I'm like, girl, you wanted to go on some like silent wellness retreat? Well, guess what? Just go work at the grocery yeah. store and <laughs> clean carts for four hours and you get the same thing. Oh my <laughs> pay God, for that God. expensive wellness retreat. Like, <laughs> and you're giving back. Yeah, exactly. But I'm making a little money but yeah. yeah anyway so it's been like a good especially as I get like really pissed off and annoyed at other areas of my life right now where I'm just like fuck this fuck that it's just like or like you could say fuck this or you could just be here yeah and so I'm trying to take that modeling other places in my life too especially as I'm like I hate everything <laughs> <sighs> all right thanks for having this combo with me yeah it was good I didn't I always am like yawning profusely, and then I'm like, like "Don't sure worry." You want to do this today? I'm like, "Don't worry, I'll get there." It's like when you're at six a.m. without your Celsius. Yeah, that's true. Don't worry. As I'm like laying in bed, dirt. I mean, like, yeah, I'm gonna go eat pasta. <laughs> when I finish eating a salad that has been sitting out. Ew, is there mayonnaise on that? No, there's no aioli, there's no mayo, but there is milk, I think, in the salad dressing, which is unfortunate for anyone who gets to see me tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) On that note. (laughs) Okay, bye. This has been another episode of the True North Collective podcast. For more from Rachel and I, check us out on the gram at the True North Collective underscore. And if you liked what you heard, please consider leaving us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Until next time.